0: This is Paul Gallant on 710 ESPN Seattle.
1: Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio.
0: At Gallant Says on Twitter. Texting to the show at 710 710.
1: Oh, hello and welcome aboard the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle and Washington. Nay, the world. I am Paul Gallant and it is Thursday, May 6th of 2021. Hope you enjoyed a busy edition of Danny and Gallant this morning where we not only heard from Seahawks general manager John Schneider, we also heard from Mariners general manager Jerry DiPoto on something that we have all been wanting to hear for a while, probably even last year. When is Jared Kelnick coming up? This morning, John Morosi tweeted that he could be Kelnick up by the end of this month which of course is may of 2021 honestly i thought it might be by the end of next month morosi a lot more connected than me but we had jerry depoto on honestly this is the only guy that knows what's going to take place with this mariners roster so jerry when's jared coming up is the expectation as john paul morosi reported that it's going to take place by the end of may here is jack i mean we're getting closer and closer
0: it's some part because we feel like he is making progress It's some part because it's time to take a look at him and that's coming sooner than later it's also some part and that it might add a spark to our offense if we if we give him that opportunity but we're not ready to go there yet we want to see him start the season in a that begins for him in Tacoma tomorrow night against a really tough opponent you know, and we'll take it day by day. We've not fixed a date where we're going to, to to tap into Jared and give him that opportunity, but we are getting closer and closer. Currently, JP knows a little bit more than I know about what we're going to do with our roster, but it's we are getting to the point in that 30-40
1: game window that I've discussed. Oh, boy. That I needed to hear. You probably needed to hear that this morning, too, right? I mean... That no-hitter is going to bother me for a while, and I know the Mariners' bats have been struggling. I know that they're 17-15, and and I should be thankful that the team has been competitive the first month of the year given their lack of resources in the lineup, and there were some, well, there was one decent performance last night from the Mariners, and it was their starting pitcher, Yusei Kikuchi. I love that he was able to go seven innings. He did seem to get better as the game went along. But my goodness, this lineup has been just tough to watch. And when you're playing a series against the Baltimore Orioles, I don't care how respectable the Orioles have been thus far this year. you got to be able to score runs against the Orioles. They're the Orioles. They're the team in the American League East that everyone laughs at. At least Toronto has names that you recognize. The Rays somehow Billy Bean their way to being successful every single year. The Yankees and Red Sox have more money than God. The Baltimore Orioles should not be no-hitting you or borderline perfect gaming you. So to hear that Jared Kelnick might come up and to provide a spark for the offense is great. I, I do know, though, that there are probably going to be some struggles when Kelnick first comes up, just given the way that things have gone for all of the young players for the Mariners. Taylor Trammell's trying to figure it out. Evan White's trying to figure it out. I don't know that there's really one person in the lineup that you're going to turn to. Maybe Kyle Seeger. maybe Mitch Haniger. to... Try and get a feel for how to be a successful hitter in, these, in this league that can actually make contact on a consistent basis. We'll see if Kellnick also is just up for AAA, by the way, because he has yet to play at the AAA level. He will finally get that started tonight as the Tacoma Rainiers take on the El Paso Chihuahuas. Chihuahuas, notable, terrible dog. Awful. So I, I hope that they hang 53 runs on the Chihuahuas just to show them who's boss. Chihuahuas, gross. Gross dogs, mean, weird, skittish. Sorry if you have one. I'm just saying the truth. Anywho, back to baseball and the Mariners, who, of course, have at the very least something on the horizon to get us giddy about the offense. It's not going to change the offense that much. So I suppose that's a way to kind of curb all of our Fervor, demand for Kelnick to, instead of going to this game against the El Paso Chihuahuas tonight, to just skip the game and end up showing up with the Mariners for their next game on Friday. They do have today off. I would love to see that partly, but he's only going to provide so much of an impact for this offense. He's only going to provide so much of a shot. In The arm. So here is the Paul Galancho show question of the day on the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle, in Washington, nay, the world. How much of an impact is Kelnick going to have on the Mariners lineup should he be promoted by the end of the month? As Jerry DePoto seemed to intimate, is a possibility. Uh, Dave Cohen tweeted in, You won't fix everything by any means, but the impact will be significant. There's a low bar set in left field. Yeah. Fans are restless despite an acceptable win-loss record to start. Honestly, they should be. I, I, I get it that they're they're overachieving right now. But when a team can't score runs, I don't care if the sport is having a problem scoring runs across the league. The Mariners are really having trouble just getting hits, let alone scoring runs. And Cohen continues his tweet saying he'll spark both the team and the fan base. Text in 710-710. Paul, I don't think we as Mariners fans can talk about any team in a condescending manner. We are the laughingstock of all sports franchises. Yeah, I suppose that you could make that argument. I don't really have a strong one against it. I can make the argument for you. How about that? How about I will, I will take pot shots for you, the pot shots that you want to take. Does that work? Is that acceptable? 7-10, 7-10. It's not the Baltimore Orioles, writes another texter, no hitting the Mariners. It was John Means, and he's been one of the best pitchers in the American League this year. That is true. It's still the Baltimore Orioles. It's still the optics for the casual baseball fan, like myself. Text in, 710-710. Paul, do you think if Kelnick bats less than 250 in Tacoma, that they will still bring him up? You know, that's a good question, too. But you're at a point right now where if you are competing like this, I think you want to show the young guys in the lineup that you are willing to try and try and try some more to maintain this surprising success that they have had to open the year. Bringing Kelnick up shows that you are at the very least getting close to the light at the end of the tunnel, if not actually competing right now. Text in seven ten seven ten. This is about chihuahuas. You are unbelievably wrong about chihuahuas. They are not dogs. They are oversized and overglorified rats. I didn't say this is the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle and Washington today of the world. So that's the question of the day that you could answer 710-710. How much of an impact will Kellnick make if he does come up by the end of the month? As we heard from Jerry DePoto this morning on Danny and Gallant, the sour of the Paul Gallant show is brought to you by advanced air restoration. It's time for what's trending brought to you by Kings heating and air with more Dooley. Good morning, afternoon, Maura Dooley. How are you?
2: Good morning, afternoon. You are you are correct. I love all dogs. So, like, my sister brought home a Chihuahua Mix Rescue, and we love it. But yes, I agree with you. They are, if I had to rank dog breeds, they are one of the most <laughs> yappy, cranky, annoying ones. When, when Bruin, my dog was a puppy, I took her to puppy playtime because they say you need to socialize them. It was just at, like, PetSmart. And... Every week, there would be a different Chihuahua that they had to like, the lady that's running and had to put in timeout. Yeah. Because they're just immediately like, everyone's bigger than me. I'm just going to freak out.
1: <laughs> it's it's crazy that a long time ago, if I'm not mistaken, and I did a little reading on this. I mean, th- these, these are dogs that are actually native to, to Mexico and were a part of like the Aztec Empire, but there were not very many big dogs in the Americas before- we, uh, the, the, the Euros came over, if you will, you know, and, uh, they brought in like these armored dogs and stuff and yeah, must've been absolutely terrifying. You don't have to love all dogs. You don't have to love all cats. Like there are certain cats I don't like the cats that look like they've been smashed in the face of a frying pan. I'm not, not the biggest fan of them. And I guess I may look cyst when it comes to pets, but I want my pets to be cute. I have met your dog Bruin. Bruin is an objectively cute dog. There are some dogs that I would not say that about for the okay. most part chihuahuas pugs are pugs snort too much it's a little gross same thing with the bulldogs i, I just don't oh, they're cute, though. and everyone's cute in their own way i guess and i'm not going to say like oh they're terrible get rid of all of them but yeah the, for me chihuahuas and pugs and bulldogs i just i just can't get it french bulldogs are okay though okay anywho <laughs> all
2: right we've got this has been paul
1: galon on dogs
2: <laughs> anyways uh, you had John Schneider on the Danny Enkel launch show this morning and asked him about the process of trying to get over kind of that one and done in the playoffs hump and this is what he said.
3: Well I think it's a combination, right. So you know you know, so you have to you have to you have to stay true to, to your process and and, and your team building philosophies, but yet also that entails knowing what the landscape of the National Football League looks like. And so you're you, you have to be looking around and trying to figure out how you're going to compete, how you're going to get over the top.
1: Something that I think every team needs to have in the back of their head is that you have a process. You should stick to it to an extent. But if you are consistently successful every single year and you stick to your process so much, you're doing exactly the definition of insanity. I don't know that the Seahawks are necessarily repeating the definition of insanity year in year out but I would compare them to a couple of other teams that have had plus quarterbacks and had similar levels of success over the past decade I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are in that conversation I think the New Orleans Saints are in that conversation and when you consistently find the same results you have to be willing I think to make sometimes even dramatic changes and I'll point to a couple of examples that we have seen over the past decade First off, New England went about a decade without winning a Super Bowl. They were still competitive, but they were in this same conversation not too long ago. They changed things up after not having plus cornerbacks for a really long time, cornerbacks. They decided we're going to pay Darrell Rebus $12 million for one year. And I mean, they hadn't paid a cornerback money since Ty Law at the beginning of the 2000s. And guess what? When they did that, I mean, that helped them get to the Super Bowl that will not be named. Stephon Gilmore they invested in a couple of years later. He got them their second—excuse uh, me, the third Super Bowl of that run that they went on. And then take a look at Denver. Denver, who the Seahawks just murdered in the Super Bowl, realized, oh, we're not going to win it with the offense alone. And they got really aggressive defensively and changed their identity from one of the best offenses that we've ever seen, if not the— to one of the best defenses that we've seen over the past decade by adding DeMarcus Ware and adding TJ Ward. They also got rid of their head coach after losing said Super Bowl. They dramatically changed in one offseason. The Chiefs did it once with their defense a couple of years ago after losing to New England in the AFC Championship game. They win the Super Bowl the next year. This year they lose the Super Bowl and now they're firing their entire offensive line. Sometimes those dramatic changes are things that you need to consider and the Seahawks have definitely made some changes this offseason that we can dive into a little bit later, but none of them have been particularly dramatic, and maybe that's the direction that they need to go. That, everybody, is What's Trending, which you can hear every single morning brought to you by Kings Heating and Air with Maura Dooley. I am Paul Gallant. This is the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle, in Washington, nay the world. If you have thoughts on my take about staying true to your process in the NFL— you can text in about that or call in about that at 206-421-3776. 710 is the Mac and Jack's text line. Tweet me at Galant says, but the question of the day, how much of an impact will Jared Kelnick have on the Mariners lineup? Should he be promoted by the end of the month? Again, it's 206-421-3776. It's time for you guys to be heard.
3: Your voice, your voice, your
1: opinions. It's time to be heard, be heard. every day at ten fifteen with
4: Paul Gallant. Be heard.
1: Seven ten. Seven ten. Way to suck up to the boss with the French bulldog save. For those who don't know, Mike Sock does have a French bulldog. Listen, it's
2: not the first. He's very cute.
1: That's not the first dog that I would go after in a draft. That's for sure. I mean, I, I'm not going to act like French Bulldogs are my favorite, but one of my friends had a French Bulldog named Odie, who I thought was a very cute dog. Odie, I think, is still kicking it now in New York City. So when you meet a dog like that, when you, you look at it at first, and you're like, eh, maybe not the most attractive dog in the world. You can get used to it over time if it has a nice personality. My stepsister has a couple of pugs, and they just, I don't know, there's a smell about them. And there's just a constant snorting. And I feel like I would need to. I feel like I would need a tissue to wipe their nostrils down at all moments. Yeah, I can't do it. Can't do it. (laughs) Again, this is the the, the Paul Gallant dog show. Um, It'd be really funny if I actually were to judge a dog show. Uh, 710710. Hey, Paul. You guys ask John some softball questions. None involving Russell Wilson. You heard him get asked a lot of those questions about Russell Wilson on Saturday and on Friday. I know that that's sometimes a conversation that gets brought up. Well, Paul, why are you not pressing on specific matters like that? I suppose maybe we could have, but I think in a spot like that, when you have already heard the Seahawks do their best to basically say, we've moved on from it, what are you going to get as far as an answer? And there's this idea that like someone like me, or a sports talk show host, can hold someone accountable via asking them a question. No, all I do is I provide a slight annoyance for one second. I'm not Woodward. I'm not Bernstein. I am not in danger of being taken out as I go to speak with my uh, source in a parking lot by the Secret Service or something like that. That's my approach, though, when it comes to things like this. I know other hardos will tell you that I should go in a different direction. Hard pass on that. 7-10, 7-10. Seven ten, seven ten. Question about Jared Kelnick. Paul, if all levels are on the same training regimens, then Kelnick isn't going to hit either. They should consider tossing out their current hitting instructor. It's clearly not working across the bar- board. Worst hitting I've seen. I mean, you could point at the pitching coach. You, you could also just point at what Kyle Seager pointed at yesterday. Young players, some of whom I think because the Mariners haven't really had much of a choice have been perhaps rushed through the system but the big problem last year you have to remember this this is going to sound like excuse making but last year's lack of a minor league season really screwed a lot of things up i mean we're not we had not seen a minor league game essentially since i moved here and i moved here september uh, october of 2019 there's been no minor league game since then the only at-bats that any player could get were in the 60 games that the Mariners played last season. So that's all Evan White has, had as an option. You saw Evan White out there. and Yeah, there were some struggles. Struggles that are continuing. And struggles that I, I feel like would continue unless he is perhaps given a chance to reset himself and refocus on making contact, the process it takes to make contact at a lower level. I think with Kelnick, you're hoping that this natural talent that he has and this extreme confidence that he has is going to be able to translate at the next level. I do think it probably will translate, just given how confident he is. But maybe I'm just being a wishful thinker here. Pat's in Nevada. Is it Nevada or Nevada? I'm always butchering that. 206-421-3776. And wants to weigh in on Jared Kalanick and the Mariners hitting. What's going on, Pat?
4: It, it is Nevada. All right, Not I got it.
1: I got it. appreciate that, Pat. All right, what you got, bro?
4: Very very offensive in Nevada, I
3: guess.
4: (laughs) Call that. Um, Listen, listen. um, I'm pretty excited about seeing Kelmick and um, I do think he could make a little difference. But overall, I think all these guys need just a lot more at-bats at the major league level, period, um, before we're going to see some payback. I mean, I'm still excited about Trammell. Um, uh, I'm very, I, I'm a little bit disappointed in white because I think that by now he should have picked up a lot more, a lot more, uh, power, a lot more, uh,
1: mm-hmm.
4: uh, hits. I mean, I mean, these guys are seeing good pitches and they're just not hitting them. Right. Um, I, and then the one guy I'm really excited about is Ty France. I mean, I think France, I, I know he's going through what he's going through right now is, is, is terrible, but but that once the, I think he's going to be something very special in the long run, and I think that, that overall I'm pretty encouraged by what I see this year more than anything.
1: Yeah, Pat, I'm, I'm definitely with you on France, and I think most people are. This is the first challenge for his baseball career. It's the first slump, and this is what everyone gets concerned about. When you bring up a young player, if you bring him up too soon, is he going to be able to work through the slump? And if he isn't, is his confidence going to be affected? In in the case of Evan White, I, I am more than a little disappointed. And I know that this has been a bit of a tough year for Evan White, and I know his grandfather passed away recently. And so I, I know that there are perhaps other factors at play here, and I'm sure that he feels the pressure now. And when you're a batter and all of a sudden you got crowds and you're going through the struggles, I would imagine that you're going to press a little bit more. He is making slightly more contact than he did last year, but this is a prolonged slump. And that's, that's what's most concerning. Trammell, I don't have serious concerns about Trammell right now because he has shown, at the very least, he has power. The contact, I think, will get better as the season goes along, assuming he gets the necessary at-bats. With White, I feel like we're getting to a point where we've got a pretty clear idea of who he's going to be as a hitter. And it's not to say he can't improve, but I doubt he improves much more than where he's at right now, which stinks seeing as the Mariners did make the investment in him. I do hope I'm wrong on that front. This is the Paul Gallant Show on 710 ESPN Seattle, the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle, in Washington, nay, the world text in. Evan White is Mike zanino at first base. Another texter. Totally agree about White needing a reset. I like White, but he's reminding me of Zanino, Another texter. White is already giving me Justin Smoke flashbacks to another text. Pretty sure that Smoke had some of the same issues. He lost his father his first or second year. Was a plus defensively. Raw talent power just struck out a lot and couldn't hit consistently. Wow. So comparisons to the guys that did not work out. And honestly, I don't Blame Mariners fans for having that as the first thought that comes to mind. Something's going to need to be done about him, I I, I do think, sooner rather than later, just for the sake of his own, you know, salvation at this major league level. I'm Paul Gallant. It's the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle and Washington. Nay, the world. We'll talk to the Gras about the possibility of Jared Kalnick coming up and how much of an impact he could have in the lineup. And if you've got a question for the great and powerful Gras, 710-710 on the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle and Washington. Nay, the world.
0: It's 1030, and that means it's time to get in the sports pit.
3: In the pit where all that stuff goes down, and if you don't have some freaking toughness, you're gonna get your, you're gonna, you're gonna fail. With Paul on.
1: All hail the great and powerful Graz. Dave Grosby joining me, thanks to our friends at Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. You got a question for the Graz, texted in on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. Graz, good morning, how are you? Good morning, Paul. Doing well. How are you doing today? I cannot complain. I feel even after the Mariners got no hit yesterday or borderline perfect gamed that the one shot in the arm that could potentially make me feel a little bit better is just the possibility that Jared Keldick might be up at the end of the month. And that's what we heard from Jerry (laughs) Depoto this morning. Is there any skepticism about what he can bring to the table? Because right now, man, it is lineup. Oh, boy, it's it's just struggling. Let
0: me tell you, as, as years of experience have taught, taught me what, what the very Mariner thing to have happen would be.
1: Oh, no. This you, is not the ready? Dare to Dream Express. It does not sound like we're going on that uh, train right now. <laughs> no,
0: no, 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 no. This is not the Dare to Dream Express. This is, this is the Mariner thing to happen. Kellinick starts 0 for 28 in the oh minors. God. Oh, no, no, no. He has never hit in his first seven games. That would be the Mariner thing that would happen. Okay, He's healthy, he's not hurt, but he just doesn't hit in the minors. Can you still bring him up?
1: Oh, no. And then it stays the same, and he's not able to shake off that slump. Is he different to you than some of the prospects that we've seen recently, Graz? I mean, his confidence, at least based off of what I see via video, seems to be ridiculous to the point of, I would like to have some of that extra confidence. Yeah, I, I
0: and look, he's not going to go over twenty-eight, obviously, and and I don't know what they what they need to see from him. Although, I do believe they need to see something. I mean, they need to see that he is completely over the the injury thing that he had. Um, his confidence does look great, so uh, you know that doesn't seem to be an issue for uh, for me at all. But you know, I, I I doubt, even though I understand that the pressure that he's getting, uh, meaning um, Depoto. I mean, he's going to take a look at what he looks like in, in a couple of at-bats before he makes a move to bring him up here.
1: Right, and that's all you can do. You do not want to risk, right. as a bunch of texters are saying, Mike Zanino, Mike Zanino, because that's the comparison that they are making to Evan White. Well, that's,
0: the, that's the terror of being a Mariner fan is is that that, that happens, and, and history repeats itself, even though you've got a different group of guys, a different different front office, different everything. You know, when, when you've seen bad luck piled upon bad luck, you tend to think that no matter what you do, you're going to do it wrong. So I can understand people saying that way, but um, they, 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 they were lacking a little bit. And can I say one thing? Go ahead. A, a no-hitter is just plain cool, isn't it?
1: I like it. I mean, you
0: don't like it when it's against your team, but it's a cool thing.
1: Well, some texter was mad because he felt that some Mariner fans were rooting for the no hitter to happen. Don't you have to root for the no hitter to be broken up, or do you sit back and want to see some history? When I'm in the
0: bottom of the ninth and it's six nothing, I'm going. I'm I, I'm I'm happy to have my team take one in the loss column. You know, assuming it doesn't knock them out of the postseason, and I don't want to see a no hitter. I want to see history.
1: Okay. I honestly, I don't blame you on that front. if you are there and you have stuck it out for that entire process and you know the Mariners' lineup is what it is, then maybe that is what you want, but still there's a competitive side of it you don't you don't want to have sure. your team get no hit by no matter how well John means is pitching a dude who's pitching for the Baltimore Orioles bleh.
0: yeah, I mean that was uh, as close as you can come to a perfect game without getting one too
1: should it be should there be an in between between no hitter and perfect game for that because I mean, he struck the guy out. I know that Haggerty got to first base, but he did strike out, and there were 27 up and 27 down. There were no walks. There were no mm-hmm. errors. I mean, mm-hmm. based off the stat sheet, that does look like a perfect game to me.
0: I, I, I think you make a great point, and I think the seam heads are going to go nuts on they Twitter for, on Matt, for the next half hour. They've
1: already gotten mad at me, and I just told them I can't stand any of you. So, you know what? You want to come after me? Come after me, you 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 boring old funny-duddies. I, I want to have a separation of a perfect game and almost perfect games from no-hitters because, Graz, I, I think no-hitters are great, but the problem is there are some no-hitters that are better than others, and they're almost all classified right. the same. So what we just saw yesterday – from John Means, is honestly one of the more impressive no-hitters that we're ever going to see, even if it is going up against the Mariners' lineup, versus, I remember Johan Santana, I'm pretty sure, walked six or seven guys over the course of a no-hitter. Oh, Randy Johnson walked ten. What? In a no-hitter? In the
0: no-hitter that he had here, yes.
1: Whoa, whoa. Wait, that doesn't count, and, and, and then. That's, <laughs> that's Randy Johnson. I mean, that's, that's what bothers me about it, is that so you can have that many walks and I know you did no, you did allow no hits that does deserve right. some credit that does deserve some merit but man but if you you're walk, right they're not all
0: created equal man they're not
1: 10 it was really 10 walks I'm uh, 9 or 10 yeah oh, goodness gracious that's is, that is that is preposterous you know they're, they're, that sort of reminds me of bad little league baseball when i was a kid we had a rule where <laughs> you could not walk a runner home if you loaded the bases So naturally, during my only appearances ever on the mound, I would walk the bases loaded. But since the poor batter could not walk to first base, (laughs) I basically had like free reign to just keep throwing and throwing and throwing because I think they were trying to make sure that I wouldn't go home and be a sad little panda.
0: It's nice that people were looking out for you.
1: Yeah, I mean, and shoot, we talk about participation trophy culture now. I mean, that was back in like 1997. So oh come on, Lord. man. Oh yeah, we've we've always, I think, perhaps had that problem. So that, that's that's the Seattle Mariners, folks, and hopefully, hopefully, the lineup is able to shake off the cobwebs because right now it, it it has definitely been a frustrating watch. Uh, Graz, yeah. this is the listener question of the day, and, and I, I think it's an interesting one. He was listening to Keyshawn, uh, Jay, and Zubin this morning, uh, the show that's on before us right here. And uh, Mm -hmm. A caller came up with the idea of the Packers trading Aaron Rodgers for Russell Wilson because of Russell's Wisconsin (laughs) connection. What do you think of that, asks the listener, and how would the 12s and Seattle like the idea of Aaron Rodgers being a Seahawk if that ever, ever happens?
0: that's a good one because you know your, your first reaction is well why would you do something crazy like that or to get a guy you know towards the end of his career and then you you look at what rogers did last year refresh my memory paul was it 47 touchdowns five picks, completed yeah. excuse me 48 five picks completed 71 percent of his passes yeah i mean he had it pretty good be, would, i i guess would he
1: be happy are you going to get happy Aaron or cranky Aaron? I think you're only going to get cranky Aaron. I mean, if if Aaron Rodgers is upset at Packers management because they cut someone named Jake Kumerow who had one target last <laughs> season, then I feel like he is going to get mad at a lot of different things. And you might be trading a guy who is somewhat discontented in Russ, but for now seems like he is content. For a guy who is about his diva as it gets the guy who is going to be the obnoxious a-list actor who needs to have his uh starbucks order as we've seen go viral this week with 37 (laughs) different items along the way that go into it although i'm
0: willing to say if you could get something else thrown in you know draft pick something like that i mean i wouldn't automatically say well that's ridiculous like most people would Mm. i mean i don't i don't hate the idea if you just visualize it for a second of, of Aaron Rodgers playing quarterback for the Seahawks. How can you hate that? How can on, on the surface, just that standing alone, seeing him go under center for the first time and think, well, this sucks.
1: Yeah, especially after <laughs> I mean, the last season that he just had. I mean, you would have a good quarterback under center. I think you could shake off the, the obnoxious nature of his personality and some of the shots that he's taken at Russell Wilson as soon as you watch him on the field doing what he does best.
0: Right, right. Uh, you know, again, you, you're losing a lot of years, and and you know, I don't know that it's anything that could possibly happen. But I, I defy people to say that they would feel immediately bad seeing Aaron Rodgers uh, take his first snap as Seahawks quarterback. You got a part of your mind's got to be, well, this is going to be good. Mm-hmm. This is going to be pretty good, actually.
1: Yeah, I think it would too. It just we would be so weird to swap quarterbacks for the sake of oh. swapping them. I know having lived in Houston that at one point Dan Pastorini was frustrated with the Houston Oilers and he asked for a trade after a season ending loss and they swapped quarterbacks the Oilers did with the Raiders so Ken Stabler went to Houston and Dan Pastorini he ended up going to I think Oakland at the time very weird that that happened Mm -hmm. this would be a much much higher level quarterback making the swap Uh, I I have one last question for you Graz because the Tacoma Rainiers they open up their season tonight and they're playing a team called the El Paso chihuahuas what are your thoughts on chihuahuas
0: that's one of my favorite t-shirts as a matter of fact really
1: you have an el paso... a proud
0: owner of an... i will i will tweet it out to you okay i'm a proud proud owner of an el paso chihuahua t-shirt
1: okay el paso chihuahua t-shirt but not an actual chihuahua the dog
0: no uh, we have a shih tzu
1: you have a shih tzu Is okay close enough no shih tzus are cute i think chihuahuas are, are terrible dogs and i've been uh just ta- bringing this up non <laughs> <laughs> well
0: let me see what you think about the what you think about the uniform look cause the, he's an angry looking chihuahua oh
1: he's, he's a
0: nice mat. he's a good he's a good looking mascot
1: all chihuahuas are angry guys it's weird like they, they they have such an attitude issue you think aaron Rodgers is bad uh, wait till you meet a chihuahua well you know why they do because they're so small but why are they so yappy and why do they want to fight everyone because they're just trying to overcompensate for being so
0: small. I mean, every, every couple of minutes they look around and go, this is it? Yeah. This is how big I am? Yeah, they
1: this buy- is ridiculous. Why not buy a truck or something like that? Although dogs can't drive, so I guess they can't actually do that. Graz, I, always love talking. I guess that has something to do with it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> always, always love talking with you, man. Thanks you so much for stopping by, and I'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, Paul. That is the one and only Graz, everybody, brought to you by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. And by the way, you can text in on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line, 710 710 206 421 3776. Is how you call in to the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle and Washington, nay, the world. Jerry DePoto, of course, this morning talked about how, look, we might see Jared Kalnick by the end of the month. He confirmed that report essentially by John Morosi in as many words as he could wasn't 100%. Yeah, it's happening, but it sure sounds like it's going to happen sooner rather than later. Plus, we'll react to some of what John Schneider had to say earlier today when he joined Danny and I on Danny and Gallant. All of that next right here, 710 ESPN Seattle. You're listening to Paul Gallant. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio.
4: Every day at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle.
1: This might be the text of the year. And remember, if you text in insults to the Paul Galancho, you get to cut the front of the line on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. (laughs) This is great. Who are you to say someone, I was referring to chihuahuas, technically not someone, has an obnoxious personality? You, (laughs) the Ritalin-soaked, half-wit bag, biggest one in Seattle, nay, the world, dot, 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 idiot. Golf clubs knows it. There's no debating this. One person texted in. I think probably with a picture of their Chihuahua. I don't think we have capabilities for texts. I had a friend who had. I had a friend who had a Chihuahua uh, named um, uh, Squeezy. S- Squeezy was a Chihuahua who was afraid of everything, so he wasn't bad. But Chippy, the Chihuahua, who was my friend Dominic's dog, who would constantly like bite at my feet whenever I, you know, you have a sleepover. I'm sleeping on the couch. You can't go to sleep because this little demon with its backwards crossed eyes, Chippy, kept on biting at my feet. So I had bad experiences with Chihuahuas. Don't like them. And that's who the Mariners are playing tonight. So I really do hope that it's uh, destructive. Yes. Yes, they do, Mora. They have a Napoleon complex. And I just feel like they've got to figure it out. Uh, One texter says, you know, maybe you don't get them a car. Maybe instead of a car or, excuse me, a truck. You get them a large kennel so that they can compensate a little bit. Okay, perhaps. That might be it. Interesting words were made by one John Schneider when he joined us this morning on Danny and Gallant. And we have talked a couple of times over the past couple of weeks about the Seahawks getting back to their old ways. Their old ways were, I think, just having a little more edge. Maybe the Seahawks got that in Dwayne Eskridge. Here's John Schneider
3: we took some players that, quite frankly, they were playing Madden with Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor and Richard Sherman and guys like that when they are in eighth grade. And now they're on the same football field with them. And we had, we had to get back to uh, finding that level of toughness and, and grit and confidence. And Dwayne totally exudes that. He was a ten, five, hundred meter guy, Mr. Track in the state of Indiana. And he's overcome a lot. He's competitive. He's super tough. He's you can see him playing Gunner. You can see him returning kickoffs. And he's just a. We went, the way he went down to the Senior Bowl, too, and competed, you know, after only playing in six games this year, you just see the power and the toughness. And he's just an exciting, explosive player.
1: It does feel that over the past couple of seasons, the most impactful additions that the Seahawks have made have had a noticeable attitude. And I would point to DJ Reed last year. I would point to Jamal Adams last year, and we'll see if Dwayne Eskridge has that. Maura, you pointed out earlier that John Schneider at the very beginning of that clip basically says that some of the guys that they were bringing in during the Legion of Boom days were playing Madden with those guys. And that's got to be really difficult. I mean, all of a sudden you're going into your first work environment and there are these people that you yeah, idolize. And I think that that leads people to defer a little bit
2: i think it's rare when you look at um i don't know just some of the dominant teams in recent years yeah that that players come into a team with so many guys like that i mean bobby wagner kj wright cam chancellor earl thomas richard sherman those are all guys that they look up to and then you have you know you had russell wilson coming to his own too um, and I, yeah, I think it's kind of hard to not be a little in awe of your own teammates. Right, that's not necessarily the greatest thing.
1: And can you really be as scrappy as you want to be? I, I mean, I think you can f- to some degree, but are you going to be one to challenge them? That's that's hard. That's for anyone in life. If 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 there is somebody who has established cloud or something like that, and all of a sudden you're working with them, you're always going to, I think, be a little bit self conscious about your place on the totem pole, unless you were just a unbelievably talented player. And I I don't think we could really point to any guys on the defensive side that came in during those years that would qualify on that front. Also, uh, while talking with John Schneider, Trey Brown seems to have that same kind of attitude, and he says that he plays a lot bigger than the size he's got.
3: You know, and again, in the the Big 12, we had, you know, not to get too much into the stats, but lowest completion percentage against him and, you know, he's he's a guy that, you know, I think we talked about it in the press conference after if he's, you know, if he's six foot six one, he's he's a top ten pick. So knowing the landscape of the draft and where where you can acquire people is is a is a huge aspect of what we do. And, he you know, we haven't necessarily gotten away from um, corners, but uh, this guy, you know, he plays big. So we're excited about him.
1: He said that a couple of times knowing where you can draft a player and remember back in the day, they used to go after the the longer corners and they could find them later on in the draft. Now they're going after the undersized corners because they realize they can, I think, find these skill guys that are have speed later, or they can find a guy like DJ Reed who is just left on waivers because of probably his size and the injury that he suffered. So they're going in a different direction. Y- you always look for the place in the market that teams are perhaps not exploring and, I, I trust the Seahawks when it comes to the cornerback side of things. I am Paul Gallant. Thank you so much for everyone who tuned in today's to today's edition of the Paul Gallant show. To the texters, including the mean one. To the tweeters as well. To the Facebook.comers and to the callers who did not call in. We love you too. For the Gras. For Maura Dooley. I am merely Paul Gallant. So long for... Farewell. Have yourselves a wonderful Thursday. By the way, Albert Pujols just released by the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, of California, of the United States, of North America, of the world. That name is ridiculous. Just call yourself the Los Angeles Angels. Uh, Perhaps more conversation on that and a Mariners no-hitter next. Jake and Stacey is coming up next. So long. Farewell. You'll hear me tomorrow.